A lot of times the, the million dollar question or the thought that we often have in our own minds is what is the, the fuel gives that engine for seeking going? What's the fuel? What's that thing? You, we look at the word seek, we know, we can say it, like Webster's Dictionary, to search, to look at. It's a good, good words to use. But what is the, the fuel? What is the thing that gets seeking going? What is it that gets a person to start to deny themselves? It has to be a desire. It's no, it's no way around that word. It's no other, other thought process behind it. You have to simply have a desire. In other words, a desire or an appetite. Now, Jesus describes this desire or this appetite in Matthew. In Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. In verse number 6. Right. He tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right. And all these things shall be added unto you. But then in Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 6, the Lord uses two words. He says, blessed are they that do hunger. It's not enough just for me to, look, you say, well, what is the fuel? A person got to be hungry. Something inside of you, you got to develop a thirst. Right. You know, you know I, we were talking about this a little bit, a little bit at home about it, about letting the Lord really kindle that thirst. If you don't have a thirst for Jesus, ask the Lord to put a thirst in me. You, this is what really gets the engine. It gets that engine going. A person really got to be thirsty to come out of what they're in. See, thirst is twofold. You got to be thirsty to come out of what you're in, and you got to be thirsty to want to get into righteousness. He tells you to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, but you got to be thirsty for his righteousness. In other words, when you come to church, you need to come with an appetite. You got to come with an expectation for Jesus. Right. It, it's not time to see if Sally Sue got an expectation. Right. You got to make sure you got your own appetite. You got you to make sure that you have your own desire for Jesus. Right. This man, Barnabas, many times we use this uh, as seeking, which is a good thing. Right. But sometimes we need to dig a little bit deeper into Barnabas. What really got him going? Something inside of him had an appetite. He says when he came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, he says, Blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, if you let you know, that's why it goes right along with that scripture that says, faith cometh but by hearing. Mm-hmm. 
and hearing by the word of God. Verse 47 says, when he heard that it was Jesus. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He was tired of what he was in. He, he, he had a desire. He, had, he came to the Lord with an appetite. You got to come to the altar with an appetite. You got to have an appetite to want to be filled and refilled by Jesus. Nobody can put that appetite in you but Jesus. It, it, it can't be a group project. It, it can't be husband and wife. No, this thing got to be personal. It, it's my soul that's got to stand before Jesus. It's my soul that's got to give an answer for the things I've done in this body. Paul said whether it be good or evil. You are going to give an answer. I'm not in here looking at my wife. But when I come in before the Lord's presence, I see just me and Jesus. It's a me and Jesus thing. Well, that's why we tell you when you get on your knees, let it be between just you and Jesus knows all about you. He knows all about your condition. He knows the thoughts that live. Not just visit, the thoughts that live up in your own head. And only Jesus can remove that hook inside of you. That hook is called your thought. You need the Lord to remove that hook. I mean that thing that follows you. I mean it follows you like everywhere you go. Every conversation you get on, that thought is still there. You need something mighty you like to dig. See, that's what that word does. It digs. It digs deep into who you really are. And it pulls that stuff out of you. Jesus said if you let out, put it up by the root. And only the name of Jesus can do it. That name is strong enough to cast down imagination. It can bring every thought to the obedience of Christ, of God himself. That's why I love Jesus so much, because he proves his authority. He proves it to me every time I get on my knees. Sometimes you don't even know where your next answer is going to come from. I mean, you run out of answers. I've been in a situation where I run out of answers. I don't know what else to say. Only thing I know to do is call Jesus. I'm talking about when the talking runs out. When you don't know what else to do. You got to learn to stand on Acts. Stand on Acts 2 and 21. You got to live by that thing. I'm here. I'm here. 
sometimes the road gets rough. You might as well call it out for what it is. Sometimes going up that valley with Jesus, it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes the Lord got to take you through the valley. Don't you realize that's what happened uh, with my brother? So can he drive on the lid? Look where he was. He was down in the valley. And it was in the valley experience that he saw the word take something dead and bring it back to life. Sometimes the Lord got to take you to a lower state. He got to get you to the point where you learn to listen. I mean you listen. Listen in humility. You learn to receive the word with some meekness. You gotta learn to cry out to Jesus. You gotta learn, you gotta have a thirst. You gotta have an appetite when you get on your knees. You talking about you wanna be saved? You gotta let Jesus know how bad do you really want to be saved? Is it a thirst for you? Many people got a desire, but it had to reach that level. I mean, the level where it got to become a thirst. I'm not talking about the kind of thirst that allows you to live normal. I'm talking about the kind of thirst that affects you on your job. You, you can't even work right. Because you be too thirsty. You, you can't even sleep good at night. Because you're not satisfied not having Jesus. It, you, you're trying to have conversations. You're trying to laugh. But you can't even really laugh right. Because something inside of you say, I need to connect. I've got to connect with Jesus. That's, we always say, I'm saying, we have to have that same appetite. We can't lose that appetite. Jesus got to be the very air that you breathe. He's got to be the melody that is ringing all in your heart. I mean, I, we were talking about this about choices. Many a times we think when we choose to follow behind Jesus, we think the road is going to be a flowery bed of ease. But Jesus told us to count up the cost of what it's going to take. What you're going to have to endure to follow behind him. Jesus lets us know the road is going to be a little bit challenging. Why? Because your choice to follow me may affect your own family. Do you realize the choice that you have to follow behind Jesus may very impact your own marriage. But you got to have a hunger. You got to have a thirst. That even if I lose my very marriage, I still got to make it in with Jesus. If my children don't want it, help me to hold on. I want to make it. Oh, it got to be personal. Jesus friendly. The people were trying to tell him to hold his peace. Now here you trying to cry out for deliverance. He trying to cry out to get him some real, I mean some real help. 
and the people trying to tell them to hold the peace. I mean, sometimes things we're in a day and in a time where people are telling us just the same. Hold your peace. He's talking about this Jesus. Don't nobody care about no Jesus. But you, you. Joshua put it this way. As for me. Singular. Singular. As for Joshua saw himself. As for me. He said, if this seems evil to you. To serve the God of Abraham. That's your choice. But as for me and my house. Not talking about somebody else. This house is this vessel. As for me and this vessel, we will serve the Lord. And that declaration may cause confusion in your own home. Because uh, you got somebody that ain't got no mind to go down the same path you're trying to go down. But, but God, you got to be determined. You got to have an appetite. The appetite is the rapture itself. Tell me, Daddy, you got to be like Barnabas. Here, verse 48. There are many charges. I'm not going to tell you going to be a few. A whole lot of people not on the road you want. They ain't got, they ain't got a mind on Monday morning to choose Jesus. Now, people live holy in here for one or two hours. Then when service over, they all over. And then there's a few. The few. They are determined to stick with Jesus. Many will charge you that you should hold, not express it. They want you to hold in your peace. But he cried the great more. It was almost like he totally ignored them. So you, you're not understanding what Jesus means to me. You're not understanding what Jesus means to me. Uh, I'm talking about the, this is when family is gone. I mean when everybody is gone. And Jesus, you don't know what Jesus means to me. Therefore, I will cry out to him a great more deal. He says, now, son of David, the part I love is he named his God. He named God. He said, Jesus. I think sometimes we lose sight of where the power is. We, we like to say, Lord God. You say, oh, Father God. You say, Lord, you've been good, huh? I said, Lord, me self-existing one. But the Lord didn't put his power into the title Lord. He didn't put his power into the title God. He deposited all of heaven's resources into the name. And then the beautiful part about it was that he left it on earth. He said, neither there salvation. He said, in any of them. For there is no other name. That showing up under the heaven. That has been given. Among men. Whereby. We must be saved. And I love this because. Old Testament prophets. You know they didn't have this. They didn't have the name. It wasn't given to them. Now I mean. The scripture said. Peter said they searched diligently. 
I mean, they search high and low, trying to get in contact with the man. Moses himself asked, who shall I say sent me? Lord said, just tell him I am that I am. In other words, Moses, don't try to figure me out. Because I'm too wise for you to try to figure My answer, I'm so smart. You won't be able to sum it up in one word. He says, I am that I am. And then here comes in the New Testament. We are blessed because we get to know God's name. I, I told Sean, I said, can you imagine how the scriptures would write if all the prophets knew the Lord's name? I mean, we would see great wonders. I mean, mighty acts come out of the name. He says, but it wasn't given to them. But it was given to us. It was given to help us. Help us overcome this no good thing. This thing that tries to hold. And it's really not somebody else. It's this flesh. This thing is your arch enemy. Every time, the last time we at home, every time we tell them, call Jesus. I know sometimes they be worried about the COVID stuff. And I have to try to work hard on saying, you can't receive the Holy Ghost and think about COVID at the same time. Something has to be canceled out. It's got to be one or the other. It's a hard truth, but it's true. It's got to be one or the other. He said, Jesus. Jesus, but one but Friday, we had one brother. He was all in the back. While we were singing a song of praise. We could hear him. Jesus. Jesus. I said, all right, brother. I said, call him. I'm trying to say, one day that name is going to connect with him. Something about that name is going to register in his soul. See, Jesus name likes to go beyond flesh. It likes to get down in that soul. I mean, that thing that feels lonely. That, that, that thing that we call the void. That, that feeling of incompleteness. I mean, that, that thing that makes you look up at the stars at night and say there has to be something more to life than this. Jesus gets inside of you. He answers that question. He fills that statement up. So you don't have to wonder. You don't have to look up in the sky and say, I wonder there has to be more to life. Then Jesus is more to life. He told the disciples, isn't the body more than me? And the body more than raiment? So what is your life? He knows your life is nothing but a vapor. You, you appear for a little time and then you're gone. But we have to have this appetite inside of us. And we can't lose it because of those that may be charging us to hold our peace. He says, but he cried the more. And he says, not a little bit. He said, but a great deal. He says, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away 
his garment, robes. And Jesus for his prayer time. Time to forget about everything else. He to cast all of the works of darkness. He to cast that stuff off. You really need to repent. Repent means you need to stop. Don't just cry over the sin. Loud people just cry over the sin. And they go right on and continue living the same life. Repent just wants you to do more than cry. It wants you to stop it. Stop living in sin. Stop living wrong. And then you got to turn. I mean, you got to turn completely to Jesus Christ. I remember when I got, uh, I told Bishop I wanted to get rebaptized. He said, You want to get rebaptized, huh? I said, Yes, sir. I said, Because I felt like, you know, I did it when I was a little boy. You know, I felt like it just wasn't that personal as it is now that I'm older. He said, Well, son, he said, You know, I got rebaptized. I said, Oh, I didn't even know that. He said, oh, Okay. He took me down. They took me down in water, baptized me again. Came out, and my mother, she got in the car, she didn't say anything, but I could see that pupil eye <laughs> looking. And I said, oh, yeah. She said, do you understand? She said, you don't belong to yourself anymore. I said, what you mean? She said, oh, no. She said, you, you are the property of Jesus Christ. <laughs> she said, you took on his blood. She said, now, you shouldn't have did it, you know, if you weren't serious. Right. I said, oh, no. I said, oh, yeah. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> after that, I said, okay. Baptized. Then after that, I got a mind to want to be saved. Yeah. Not, not just a little mind. I got a whole big old mind to want to be saved. I mean, that appetite grew inside of me. Kept hearing the word. Kept hearing the saints say, just keep calling just keep calling. I didn't try to do a whole lot of testifying. They didn't want me to just keep your I must keep your mouth closed. Close your mouth and just do the work. You say you want to be saved? Show Jesus. Show him you have an appetite to want to be saved. In obedience, didn't say anything, just went to work. Jesus, 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 Jesus. At that Saturday, the missionaries had an all-day prayer. And I remember I was down there calling. I was, yeah, I was on my way to Atlanta, Georgia. I had my bags packed. My aunt had my ticket. I was gone. And then my mother said, she said, well, why don't you try to come to the, the prayer? Missionaries are having an all-day prayer. I said, oh, okay. You know, I guess I'll come, you know, whatever. So I wind up going, and I got down there the first time, and I said, no. And I, I got up, and I got ready. Who out the door? Yeah. Well, so get back on your knees. Get back on your knees. Got on my knees. I, I was stretched out on the floor. Yeah. Elder Williams stood over me. Yeah. She said, keep calling him. Yeah. And I just took everything look like I had inside of me. Yeah. And I just said, Jesus. <laughs> Yes, I felt that spirit trying to lock my body up. Because I knew the enemy didn't want to let me go. She stood right over me and said, Satan, the Lord God rebuke you. The blood of Jesus Christ, I can feel that relief. I said, Jesus, 
That's it. Jesus didn't receive the Holy Ghost. That was all I needed. Got up. I canceled every ticket. I don't even know where my clothes went. I lost all. It was like I sold completely out. I got on my knees and I called on Jesus. And in three weeks, Jesus filled me. Filled me with himself. Because I had an appetite. I came with a thirst inside of me. I wasn't satisfied leaving out without Jesus. Not when I said I could have him. Stand right there on my knees. Elder Sam Scott said, Jack, he said, get out of your comfort zone. I was, Jesus, Jesus. He said, call Jesus to your last breath. I said, my last breath. I said, well, I'm tried everything else. I tried it. And I said, Jesus, 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 You will have an immediately experience. 
Jesus will, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, If any man hear my voice and open up the door, he says, I will come into him and will talk with him. And he with See, that's what a lot of times people say, while people receive the Holy Ghost, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Many times we try to cast blame on other people to say this is why people not. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your mind and I know. I do know. He says, but if any man got to hear my voice and open up the door, the door is your mind. He sees that. He says, I will come into you. I don't care how bad times get. Jesus says, if he sees that door open, he still will come into you. You want to refill it? Same thing. You got to have an open door policy. Can't have a, you can't be closed-minded at this word. You got to be open-minded. You got to be willing to. Isaiah said, be willing and obedient. He says, if you are, you will eat the good of the land. Immediately he receives his sight. It's the part I love. And follow Jesus. He followed Jesus in the way. God tells you're not following me. You're following Jesus. You are Jesus' disciple. You fo- we follow every bit of this word. You know that we were when the, the the Lord was getting ready to go into Jerusalem. He had started working on, you know, he had took, just took the two fish, five loaves of bread, and he fed the 5,000. And a big multitude came out and followed him. But then scripture said that Jesus knew within himself who they were that really did not believe in him. He said that the moment he started preaching about except ye eat of my flesh, he said, and drink of my blood. He told all of them, you have no life in you. And many of them said, this is a hard thing. He said, and who can hear this? And the scripture said, from that time, many of them, not a few, many of them, walked with Jesus no more. Then he turned and looked at his disciples and said, well, you also. Peter said, all I know is you got the word that can give my soul some eternal, eternal life. It might make me cry, but Lord, I got to stay right here. It might hurt my feelings, but I'm not leaving. If I got to get on your shoulder and cry. Lord, you yes, you're going to hear me cry. It hurts, but I'm here. Because you got to, no matter how I feel, these words are trying to say, James said is able to save your soul. It can save your soul. It can preserve your mind. But it's the word that's going to save you. It's the word that's going to keep you. It can preserve this right up here. When your mind gets funny, the Lord sends a word your way to calm that. He spoke to the sea. He said, peace be still. So he said, that sea looked like glass. Oh, that's the power of peace. Paul said, it's a peace that passes. Oh. Don't even try to get your family, friends to understand. 
They not going to understand your peace. They don't understand Jesus' peace. It's a peace that passes. But that thing will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So we pray in church we got something out of the message on tonight. And Jesus is glorified. And Jesus thought we'll turn the service back into the hands of the pulpit. In Jesus' Let church say amen, say.